You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right, with host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. I am Dr. Cass Henry, and I look forward to spending another hour with you. Goldilocks optimizes balance, not being extreme, effectively finding the centeredness and leading from the middle towards reaching the goal by getting it just right. We renew our discussion on this centeredness, exploring knowledge and continued learning as our theme today. Modeling after Goldilocks, we want to make sure our eternal quest of knowledge and knowledge-based success is approached in a way that is not too hot, not too cold, but just right for each of our aspirations. When it is just right, great things happen. Yes, even when it comes to education, great things happen. Today's episode is Want to Transform Your Future? Lay the Foundation of Knowledge Today. We are going to talk about why knowledge is important and why knowledge becomes the framework to set up our quest for our personal empowerment that becomes the rite of passage for our economic empowerment. And as always, I am going to take a page from my personal journey and use that as a foundation to pursue the conversation because transformation And the journey of self-empowerment is personal. It's personal to me. It's personal to every one of you. And we need to approach it with that level of understanding and that level of commitment. I was born and raised in a society that believes knowledge is food for the soul. The knowledge as food for the soul sustains and shapes the inner being and it transcends a lifetime itself. I was taught to believe just like food is necessary to keep the body sustained and functional, knowledge is necessary for the soul to continue its journey and transform itself so that it makes better choices and leaves a mark in the world it is had it has had the pleasure of inhabiting. And why is this important? How we are taught and taught about ourselves and what we think of education becomes very critical in how we use education and knowledge as we grow older and we pursue our own economic endeavors. In Sri Lanka, my birth country, we had a very diverse background of people. Born in a Buddhist country, raised in a Hindu household, I was educated by Catholic nuns at Holy Family Convent. I was taught religious philosophies ranging from Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, along with Eastern and Western literatures. Yes, I 
for a Hindu child born and raised in a Buddhist country. Even today, I can say the rosary in three languages and I can sing my Christmas carols in three languages. That is how we were raised because it was important in our culture to know how to think about issues from different perspectives, to see issues from different individuals and philosophical and cultural perspectives so that we can make decisions that is just right for us. And I attribute a lot of my personal and economic success to this broad and deep knowledge base that I was given as a young person. I still remember very vividly my sixth grade teacher, Reverend Sister Julia, pulling me aside and telling me, my dear child, yes, they always called us children because to those nuns, we were all their children. She said, you have the gift of seeing the world with your heart and such a gift is rare, but it comes with a very high personal price. You are going to know what I mean by this when you grow older. And you're going to realize the choices are not easy. But remember, having a compassionate heart while being your cross to bear, it is also the gift God gave you. We are going to give you the tools to use that gift for good. No matter how challenging, no matter how other people throw curveballs your way, you are going to learn and acquire the tools to put that gift to good use. And you will learn that whatever impairs your spirit and whatever debilitates your soul is going to be toxic. And you will know when to walk away from those so that you can continue to make the difference you need to make. And Most of the challenges are going to come from your comfort zone, from your family, your home country, people you're close to. And you need to learn how to deal with it. You need to learn how to use your gift because how you use your gift is the gift you give back to your maker. And at a young age, it didn't make too much sense. But as I sit back and think about it, her advice to me was very profound This teacher, Sister Julia, sits on my shoulder today, whispering those same words, reminding me that learning, growing, shaping the world around me and making a positive impact does not belong to any one race, religion, culture or country. I've traveled the world, I've lived in different countries, I've worked with different cultures. It transcends everything. It truly is the journey of every individual soul. It is universal, and it is the universal quest of all our human journeys. Today, I would like to dedicate this episode to Sister Julia, my teacher, who was instrumental in inspiring me and shaping my personal path. As a tribute to her, I want to explore how education could be a focus on helping people learn and grow continually, to seek personal empowerment, to pursue economic empowerment, and in the end, lead a life that is well-lived, to leave this place better than we found it. We all have a Sister Julia in our lives. We have all had that one teacher who has not made it easy, but who has made a profound difference in our journey in pursuing knowledge. And we all remember that, 
not because they made it easy in school for us, but because in a very fundamental way, they transformed us. Today, as we continue this discussion, I want each of you to think about that one teacher, that one person who laid the foundation for your transformation, and then draw from that and engage in this dialogue and continue this dialogue way beyond this show, this one hour, because our pursuit of knowledge is not just about looking back and thinking about how school was. Our pursuit of knowledge is about how we continue to evolve to stay relevant and current in a dynamic global marketplace where we continually evolve as empowered individuals and seek our own path to economic well-being. Our economic empowerment is actually fundamental to leading a good life, to leading a meaningful life. And as the world around us is constantly changing, we need to be able to anticipate those changes and course correct so that our transformational journey is not from point A to point B, but it is evolving. And we are continually relevant in the marketplace to be economically viable. To help me engage in this conversation and bring some light in today's context, as we deal with the knowledge worker economy in an information age, I have a wonderful guest who is waiting to uh, engage in a dialogue as well as take questions from our listeners. My guest today is Dr. Randy Dunn, president of Southern Illinois University Systems. I have had the honor of teaching for SIU system, both in the military technology management as well as public safety and homeland security administration programs. I have taught for this university for 18 years and I draw such great satisfaction in working with my students who are adults. We are not talking about students who are coming from high school into the university system, but career professionals who are in the US military, who are in the public safety arena of fire, police, and homeland security. How do we give them the continued professional education to keep them, their profession, and their contribution relevant in a modern, ever-changing world with their knowledge and their pursuit meshing with our modern technology world. Please take a moment and let me bring on Dr. Randy Dunn. President Dunn, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Cass. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so very much. I know there is a lot going on in the world of education today, both globally as well as locally in the United States. So, one of the things I want to start off with is to help me understand and help our audience understand what made you pursue a career in education. You started in the classroom. You have been a administrator and a president in multiple universities. You currently head the Southern Illinois University Systems, which impacts the entire state and gives valuable education at a a good cost to our families and our professionals. And you also help us shape educational public policy in Springfield in our local legislature. 
So I would like, as we go in, as we prepare to go into our first break, I just want you to get started on giving us some insight as to what excited you about getting into the profession, how you got to where you got to, if you would, President Dunn. You know, Cass, as with most people, as they think about their careers, it usually turns out to be any number of elements that come together uh, in, in a confluence almost, uh, at least for those who, who plan our, our careers or, or think we do. Sometimes serendipity uh, sends us on a certain path, and that wasn't the case for me. I, I had intended to, to um, become a teacher and, and have a career in education, and you may have answered the question at its heart in your opening monologue when you talked about Sister Julia and the impact that she had on you that even years later is still profound. And as you dedicate this show today, it speaks to the the power of great teaching and and how that can touch individuals. So um, I I don't know that it was something that cosmic for me when I was sitting there as a college student you know, many years ago, probably some things fed into that. I was a first-generation college-goer. There's a, at least at, at the time I went to school, there was some uh-huh. propensity for first-generation students to look at teaching as a career. That was the model that, that we had uh, uh, and, and led us into teaching. I was probably somewhat uh, risk-adverse at that point in my life. I, I <laughs> probably didn't see myself investing in a big business or something. But really, uh-huh. at the heart for me, and, and again, you touched on this in the monologue, sometimes we see this as we get older. The, the, the things that emerged now that didn't when you were younger, I think, do that for me. But it was this sense that I wanted my life to have meaning, uh, to, to, to make some difference for people, uh, to, to shape the future. And I know it sounds a little strange or, or maybe even hokey, but I think for many people who go into this field, uh, who are really thinking about it, planning uh, for it in mm-hmm. an affirmative way, it's because it, it, it changes people and it, and it touches the direction of lives. And for me, that, uh-huh. was the, that was the reason. It is a calling, just as much as the ministry yes. or some, uh-huh. some other fields. And I think, as you talked about your experience with Sister, uh, you, you gave a, a great exemplar of that. And I couldn't express it myself that well, uh, now going on almost 40 years ago for me when I was in college, but that was the driver for me to go into education. Wow. that That is very, very touching to hear because we want our educators to choose to get into that profession Absolutely. because they want to transform life, because it is a calling. And truly, educators shape an entire generation or two. And thank you so much for your service. And when we get back from our break, we will get into a far more detailed discussion on how to choose education as we pursue our goals. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees 
care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, President Dunn. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. So I want to build on your story about why you became an educator and how your path has been shaped and the calling, very calling of education. To build on that, education has always been about teaching how to learn. Mm -hmm. It is not about teaching to the test and giving answers because we know in life itself there are no answers, there are choices. And with those choices come consequences, whether it's business, whether it's medicine, whether it's law, it doesn't matter. But somehow we have gone from teaching people how to learn to be lifelong learners for lifelong transformation. We've evolved into teaching to the test, which is part of the struggle we are seeing globally. What do you think is going to be the best way to help us get out of the wilderness we wandered into and get back to the real pursuit of education and the real pursuit of knowledge? Hmm. Uh, You've characterized what's been going on in at least American public education well for now going on uh, the past 30 to 35 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the use of the term, the fact that we've wandered into the wilderness in, in regard to this teaching to the test. And like, like many things that uh, send us awry, this probably emerged or had its roots in something with, with very good intentions, was important for the time. But as you mm-hmm. know, Cass, and I'm sure many listeners do too, we've really, we've really been going through uh, 30 plus years of a, of a very strong push for accountability in public education and uh-huh. uh, certainly sharpening the focus of what public education is expected to do, having some clear accountability structures in place uh, for, uh, for the massive investment uh, that's, that's made uh, in education by citizens and taxpayers. And really, uh, over that time, 
there, there was this meshing of a notion that the way to get accountability or the, the outcome that showed accountability was through test scores. And mm-hmm. there was this then chase at doing things that increased test score outcomes, that got the numbers up. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we continue to see this play out um, uh, at, at the national level uh, really, really all the way through these, these past three-plus decades to the point that does seem to be shifting. There's, there's some sense of, of maybe a, a pivot uh, to have a broader notion, a, a wider perspective about what education should, should do in, in, in bringing up young men and women if we, if we think specifically about the, the uh, P through 20 or pre-kindergarten through graduate school mm-hmm. education system, although we both know that learning is, is lifelong. But yes. that, that push for accountability, for having a score to show that there's some sort of outcome for the investment made, then led to this uh, notion uh, mm-hmm. that, that the test score was the thing to chase and then teaching accordingly reflected what was tested. There's, there's this old saw that, uh, that exists in education circles uh-huh. that uh, we're, you know, we're going to teach to what gets tested. So as the tests took on more importance, uh-huh. they had higher stakes, uh, funding uh, was driven to some degree by test outcomes in many states. Teacher salaries were tied to test outcomes in many places. You you mm-hmm. saw this um, this this negative thing take place where teaching becomes simply this rote preparation for tests. It, it was this mm-hmm. morphing into something that was was negative and not productive, and and wasn't reflective of this liberal notion of what education should be. And by the way, by liberal, I don't mean politically liberal. That's not what mm-hmm. we're talking about here for any listeners who may get upset. But rather this, this broadly defined notion of uh, in, engaging the whole individual. And yes, having a content base, having a knowledge base that gets taught, mm-hmm. but also a broader sense of what it means to have individuals prepared to, to step out into society, be productive uh, in the global marketplace, to have citizenship mm-hmm. skills, to know, to know what it means to, to be a well-rounded person with many interests. Mm-hmm. We've got to get, we've got to get back to that uh-huh. broader notion of education, as, as you've been describing, and away from simply teaching to a test because there are a lot of high-stakes um, uh, outcomes that may attach to it. I don't know that we're going to get away from that completely, but I do think that in many places, even even at the state level, if not uh-huh. nationally, people are understanding that we've limited ourselves too much. It's it's been uh, too much. Uh, the, you know, education has been defined by testing, and what you can test tend to be very explicit skill-based uh-huh. types of things. And, and that's, a, that's a narrow part of education, uh, 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 a, a component only, but not this broader way of what we're thinking about that, that schools and education should do in, in preparing young, uh-huh. women, young men and women for lives and careers. And what, and what we look for 
for those of us who are in the world of work seeking professional mm-hmm. development and ways to grow, that type of thing. So that I, makes I, total, that I makes see total that we're sense. moving away somewhat from what's been defining education, again, for, for really 30-plus years, but that's going to be a slow move, and we are going to have to have other measures that demonstrate mm-hmm. to various constituencies uh, and publics, the, the taxpayers, if you will, that that we are effective in ways that go beyond a test score. Uh-huh. So help me draw from my own experience and maybe continue the furthering of this discussion. Where I come from, education is 100% taxpayer funded all the way through university. You can be a heart surgeon and do a heart transplant based on a taxpayer funded education. But... Education was about teaching us how to learn. And those of us who did well in certain subjects were asked to pair up with our peers who were not doing very well in those subjects and help each other. So part of learning was also teaching. I remember going to my classmate's home just before our exam and trying to help her understand how she needs to approach the structure of the skin for our health science class. And all I knew was she loves to bake and she hates science. So what we did is we went into a kitchen and took all the pots and pans and I started constructing the structure of the skin with the baking tray as the cross section of the skin and her wooden ladle where she used to mix the butter and the sugar as the hair follicle. And we continued to look at the picture and build the structure of the skin using what she loved to do. So that when she goes to the test, she would actually remember. But we don't give that creativity to anybody in a classroom here. It's very very tough to do in most classrooms in this country. And again, in Mm -hmm. part, it's, it's because of the expectations attached to getting a certain test score and covering a certain content base or knowledge base that, that schools expect now of their teachers working with students, that, that the time for that creativity and, and the, the work to look at different ways to provide instruction is very limited and it's very tough to do, and particularly as we see public funding being stressed for so many schools, mm-hmm. you, you have more kids in a classroom that makes it even more difficult and compounds the problem. Um, and, and it's just, it, it's just very difficult for the typical teacher to, to have the time, the wherewithal um, that, that it takes to, to really have every one of those lessons uh, be, be creative in such a way that you've described when there's this tremendous body of knowledge that um, there are strong expectations attached to covering so students are ready for the test. But you've, you've spoken to the fact earlier in the show about, mm-hmm. about why we have to move away from this very heavily uh, knowledge, skill-based approach that, that's tied to a, a very defined content area. The content, the knowledge base that students are going to need as they change jobs three, four, five times over the course of their working lives is mm-hmm. not going to be limited uh, in those content areas that we happen to be teaching today. So that's why you see, uh, gladly, this, this move. It's nascent. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's not 
completely imbued upon schools yet, but this this move toward a broader sense of uh, a, a, a wider set of uh, competencies uh-huh. uh, and dispositions that we want students to reflect, whether it's around critical thinking and analysis, problem solving, teaming, things of this nature, and, and it's not to say we still don't teach content. We must do so. All of us need yes. content to be successful mm-hmm. in, in the jobs and careers that we have, but the content will change over time. What we have to have is that, is that basis of broader, of broader skills, if I can talk about that, uh, the, the ability to learn to learn, or a uh-huh. metacognition, if you want a, a really fancy term, that's going to mm-hmm. serve our students well as they take on jobs that we can't even dream of today and the things that are going to sustain them broadly mm-hmm. and be ready for that world of work and productive citizenry and all of that are the types of things you're describing, the, the, the things that show that our students know how to learn and can engage in, again, uh, some of the key literacy tools, certainly, but, but uh, mm-hmm. technology literacy, if I can use that term, Teaming, critical thinking and analysis, uh, organizational negotiations, those types of things that are, that are the meta skills that, that are going to be necessary uh, across all types of careers and, and jobs for the students we have in our schools today. Beautiful. Let's pick this conversation up when we come back from the break. And I want to continue this conversation in the direction of our students' raw materials for transformation, or are they customers to be served and therefore are they always right? So think about it and we will get back together soon after the commercials. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. 
build your better business, achieve that goal, make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello and welcome back to our conversation with President Randy Dunn of Southern Illinois University. President Dunn, we were talking about, is it right to think of students as raw materials where the educational institutions and educators have to add value in their transformation to get them prepared for a knowledge worker economy in the information age? Or should we be treating them as customers and then let them decide the quality and the depth and breadth of education they are getting and in that process the unintended consequence of shortchanging them in preparing them for their own economic viability it's a question that i always think about when i'm in the classroom i just want to get your thoughts on it as well as then give you the opportunity to talk about how southern illinois university system is approaching that and helping students and adult learners deal with the changing world we have to deal with Cass, that's actually a great question, and I think the answer may be yes and yes. Um, uh, as, as you've set up uh, this notion of the, the raw material in, in terms of the student versus the, the student as a customer or client, and it's interesting, as you were posing the question, I was kind of thinking of the, the fact that to some degree over, over the course of the history of American public education, we've we've approached students in in very different ways around this. And I know I'm not here to to give a history lesson on American mm-hmm. public education, but you know there was a time when um, uh, education was seen as a means to kind of process students through, uh, get them prepared with a kind of a, a core set of skills, uh, be ready to step out as um, uh, assimilated Americans, and this would be, if you think about large city schools at the turn of the century um, in, in this country when we had this uh, flood of immigration and, and the schools mm-hmm. accepting these students and, shall we say, trying to Americanize them. Uh-huh. Um, that was one view, and it really wasn't worrying uh, a worry about adding value in that process, but but very much this notion of a raw material to be processed through to kind of spit out on on the other end uh, to um, have students contributing to society, be ready to to take jobs uh, as as American uh, America was going through uh, the you know the post war boom and that type of thing mm-hmm. uh, to a different time. Uh, when that thinking changed very much, mm-hmm. and it was much more maybe the student as customer, as you've described it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, through an area that we sometimes in the history of public education refer to as a, a more progressive era uh, that, that was 
very much not defined in terms of a set curriculum and was more characterized by students exploring themselves and deciding what they wanted to learn and that type of thing. I share that kind of drawn-out story simply to say we've been all over the place Uh if you think about education writ large in this country and what it should be. I I think right now, uh, given that you asked the question, I, I think probably on the elementary, secondary side, it's somewhat this raw material uh, view or this tabula rasa view that, and again, driven by the accountability movement that we've seen now for a long time in this country, the notion of, of taking the, the student as this, again, raw material or raw product, as, as you mm-hmm. described, and then uh, ensuring that the educational system added on the things necessary over the course of elementary and secondary education, that experience, to, to go out and, and play some role or matriculate to something that, that was appropriate, given the student's interest and, and intelligence and skill set uh, that was um, uh, somewhat intrinsic uh, uh, and that type of thing. Whether, whether that matriculation was to the military or the university setting or or uh, the world of work or some sort of apprentice program. And, and to some degree, I still think, again, paralleling this notion in elementary and secondary education that there's a, an accountability factor to prepare students for something beyond and ensuring that the investment of, of society for that purpose is getting fulfilled, the question becomes how well are we are we adding value to that raw material? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those students uh, who are who are coming through the public education system at uh-huh. at the level of higher education, I do think that analysis or that perspective does change to a little to a, a little bit more of the student as customer or client, and quite frankly, uh, as as opposed to uh, other countries that provide free public education all the way through uh, uh, undergraduate level and even professional school, uh, possibly, mm-hmm. uh, students and their families are paying for higher education uh, in most places in, in a pretty um, uh, strong way, an aggressive way. And I know we've got these national conversations going on, and some states are moving to this to provide free community college. The state uh-huh. of New York's talking about uh, if there's an ability to, to do free four-year degrees for, for their students. But in most places still, even in a public sector setting, students and families are having to, to fork over sizable amounts of money. They're having to pay uh, large amounts. The uh, in, in some cases, depending upon where you go to school, the price of a small house for a four-year degree. And that's oh, yes. given us a, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some, I think, some uh, notion that we, we do have to spawn, respond to that client base. That doesn't mean, we hope, that we weaken down courses or give away grades or, or mm-hmm. don't have a, a strong, viable vigorous, challenging academic program for our students, but that, that there is some catering to the, the student as a customer, given that many families are making huge sacrifices 
to send their students away for a, a four-year degree. So I think we've got a, a little bit of both going on right now, and um, uh, whether whether that's right or not, I don't know that I will opine on that. Where that goes for the future may be a tough call, but I, I do think, for the most part, it's this notion of the student as raw material uh, uh, through the high school grades, but, but then there is a shift that's noticeable as all of the colleges and universities in the country, because of changing demographics, are, are all working very hard to keep enrollment stable and, and maybe even to build enrollment some that causes this catering or this customer approach mm-hmm. in higher education that we see even, even to the, you know, to the, to the point where campuses advertise the amenities that they make available for students and the things that they do to, to have students uh, be attracted to a place, uh, an institution, and to feel part of a community and things of that nature. So I think we've got a little of both going on, uh, that customer role probably uh, driven, driven by market forces in higher education. But I would submit to you that uh-huh. we, we need to be thinking more in the elementary and secondary realm uh, about thinking how, how we work with those students and their families more on a client-based approach as opposed to uh, just, just being this commodity that we've, we've got to dump knowledge and skills into or that we've, uh-huh. we've, that we've got to, you know, uh, fill with a bunch of value adds over the course of 13 years if you, in, if you encounter full, uh, ca- account for a full year of kindergarten uh-huh. uh, in most places now. Uh, if, uh, if we could get to something that is more client-based, it, it actually might make uh, for better outcomes in the pre-K through 12 environment. Uh, mm-hmm. And some schools that you see being successful, or I would submit to you other countries where there seem to be better outcomes in elementary and secondary education. Finland is the one that always comes to mind and gets discussed uh-huh. Uh, in education circles, they they take this more, shall I say, progressive approach, uh, as opposed to just being so concerned about a curriculum that has to get dumped every year in, into these kids' heads and then regurgitated on a test. They certainly have a curriculum, but it's but it's a much different approach. Thinking about the whole student, a more liberal approach to education, yes. where in the so they're end, preparing they're for better, life as better opposed core to educational outcomes by taking that by taking that perspective, and maybe that's a lesson for us here uh, in the states. Mm-hmm. So, one of the questions that I always deal with when I'm interviewing candidates, I have the luxury of straddling both a private sector career and teaching in the classroom. So I've been teaching for 18 years. I've been in the corporate finance, private sector world in finance and strategy for 25 years. You've had a foot in in both camps, Cass. Yes, yes. So I have had the luxury of seeing the world from both sides. And I got into teaching only because I wanted to hire the kind of students who were prepared for work but not just start to the test. What do I mean by that is when I'm hiring finance, strategy, accounting, 
uh, finance technology workers, I don't want them just to know their subject matter. I want them to understand there is meaning behind the numbers. Numbers are impacting lives. These are heartbeat of people, families, livelihood we are impacting. So finance and economics are not just numbers. It is about numbers. It is about technology. It is about people. It is about sociology. It is about social science. How do we prepare young people and working adults to the evolving professional technology world jobs in all the respective fields where they embrace the information economy, but don't lose sight of the fact that we are still part of a human society? Our tools may change, but why we do what we do don't. Which, which is why you're a great teacher. And uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't share with your listeners the fact that all of your students love you and your courses are highly successful and popular and, and all of that type of thing because this is the approach you take. And I think what Thank you've you. described is exactly what, what we're calling upon all of education to, to be doing more and more. And I, I will submit to you, if we just focus on higher education, yes, there are a set of core competencies that are necessary if you're going to be an economist or an IT person in mm-hmm. the financial services field or a biologist or, or pick any field you want. Absolutely, there are core competencies that are instrumental to the discipline. And a student has to come out with that basic core set of, of knowledge yes. and, and key explicit skills in, in a field, of course. But, but once that's fulfilled... The real learning and preparation for, for the career comes in teaching these other things. And this is true even in, in fields where we don't think about it, such as the hard sciences or, or, or medical education uh, as yes. uh, a couple of examples, engineering as, mm-hmm. as another typical hard science field, where you have to push beyond that, that very explicit, narrowly defined set of competencies for the discipline and start thinking beyond to make meaning and talk about impact on, on, on lives, on society from the work that's being done, which is why you see this push into, for instance, the teaching of ethics, why engineers look at now much more about the, the usage of building. And as we're training engineers and architects at SIU, we're teaching them about how before you start to go to the computer and, and draw one thing, you're looking at, at function and use mm-hmm. and the people who are going to be populating a building. Uh, that's why we, we have our scientists thinking through what, what, is, what is broader impact if we make you know, if we move forward with a given discovery or make a change, that's, uh-huh. that's shall we say, cast true learning, yes. and great uh-huh. teachers do it, and we need to figure out the way that it's not just by luck of the draw that somebody uh-huh. gets a great teacher like you, and, and I tried to do this too when, when I was yes. a, a uh-huh. teacher and professor, where we have, to, we have to look at ways to build that type of learning and engagement for our students more as part of the curriculum beyond well said just, well said uh, let's here's, pick here's this up set of 20 let's pick this conversation up right after our break business economics course or something like that great thank you so much let's pick this conversation up soon after our break president dunn 
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the show and joining President Dunn and me, Dr. Cass Henry. President Dunn, as we continue this dialogue, I want our listeners to get a understanding of the different modes and methodologies in which institutions are offering education. We are no longer doing a traditional location-bound program only across this country and across the world. There are distance learning, there are hybrid learning, there is online learning. So would you kind of elaborate in terms of somebody coming straight out of high school into a program versus location-bound professionals pursuing their continuing education to remain relevant and remain employable? What are the different ways they can pursue their continued knowledge? Well, you've, you've really touched on the fact, Cass, that delivery of educational programming right now has never been as, as, as varied and as open um, um, as, as we're, we're living with today. So the, the delivery modules or modes uh, are, are really as, as different as uh, one can imagine. You can, you can take a, a typical three-semester-hour course, if you will, over, over your smartphone. Uh, you've got something of, of that nature all the way to typical traditional site-based delivery to, to online, uh, to, uh, you know, module-based work that can be delivered in various ways. So it, it's, it's really, in some ways, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because there are as many opportunities that is, exist now as we've ever seen uh, mm-hmm. given people's busy lives and, and need for ongoing, lifelong education to, to get content, a curriculum delivered across all of those modalities can, can be a challenge for those of us uh, charged 
in doing such things. But I think I would recommend, if I think particularly about your adult listeners or or young adults, those maybe getting ready to embark on a college or university career, mm-hmm. I really think that if if you can invest some time thinking through about what seems to work best for you. I mean, this isn't uh, really highly uh, 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 technical advice or, or anything uh, advanced uh, or, or what have you, but it, it, the best thing that can happen is to kind of think through the way you like to receive information, how you process information. For some, mm-hmm. you want to be sitting with other people, literally taking notes, uh, and then using that learning in engagement with with others some like uh, a more and with a set schedule and showing up at a certain time others like pacing uh that that is much more independent so that that may be an asynchronous uh sort of online delivery uh uh-huh. uh others others may prefer simply demonstrating competencies or competency based approaches where you go out and uh, get get your learning however you wish, uh, and and then simply demonstrate it in some sort of, of performance setting to get a, a credential or a badge uh, that you then collect over time uh, to to show uh, background in a field. And I think really the the best approach or advice I would give is for people to think about how they like to whirl and what they're more comf- most comfortable with. Very good advice. And look uh-huh. for that. Yes. So ultimately, it's everybody taking a personal evaluation and figuring out what is the best way I learn? What am I going to get the best value out of? How do I shape my educational pursuit or my knowledge pursuit just right? And then seek out those modes of delivery so that they get the most out of their educational experience. Wonderful, wonderful insight, wonderful conversation. And I really cannot believe we are towards the end of our show, President. It has truly been an honor. I have had the honor of teaching for the university for 18 years, and it is a great pleasure to have you on the show for our listeners to get a little bit of the insight that I get by working with you on an ongoing basis. Thank you so very much. And well, Cass, you're, you're very kind, and you're one of our stars, and it's been a pleasure to do this. And if anyone uh, wants to know more about SIU as a system, just go on the web and, and go uh, SIU system, all, all one word, siusystem.edu. You can find out about SIU campuses, and there's a, an email link to me and things of that nature, because we try to do these things you're talking about, and the reason is, in large part, we have great faculty like you. Beautiful. Thank you so very much, President Dunn. And you can listen to the Unleashed uh, Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right, every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment Channel. I encourage all of our listeners to subscribe to the show and download the episodes from our host page. Do continue this conversation with your own circles and shape your transformation journey. Join me next week as we uh, we meet with young people to talk about how they pursue a professional education and professional careers in an information economy as they seek to sustain their own economic empowerment. 
I am truly happy that you, my audience, have spent the last hour with President Dan and I. Thank you so very much for being a part of Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. And as you continue on with your lives the rest of the week, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So let's go and get out there, transform lives, and don't forget to start with your own. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.